Hello, I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome to another edition of Kentucky Sports Memories. Thank you for joining me. And you know, there's often been talk about the sharpshooters, the memorable shooters, the historic shooters, the legendary shooters who come out of the mountains of eastern Kentucky as far as high school basketball. Probably the most famous is King Kelly Coleman, played at little bitty Wayland High School, graduated there in 1956. He was Kentucky's first ever Mr. Basketball, and he still holds the scoring record for most points by a boys high school basketball player in the state of Kentucky, even though he graduated in 1956, more than 60 years ago. Uh, another legendary player, obviously, out of the mountains would be Irvin Stepp, who in his junior and senior year at Phelps High School averaged more than 50 points per game both of those years. Then you come up to 1988, Richie Farmer, obviously a legendary shooter from the mountains of eastern Kentucky. There have been others, but uh, those are three of the most prominent. And another that you may remember, and you should remember, came from McCreary County down in southeastern part of the state. McCreary County sits on the um, Tennessee border, and this guy's name is Tim Stevens. Six-foot-four sharpshooter from McCreary County High School led that team to the state tournament his senior year back in 1976. Tim went on to play at the University of Kentucky, and uh, who knows what kind of a career he would have had there had he not suffered a devastating knee injury his freshman year that really set him back for the rest of his UK career. But a great high school career at McCreary County High where his senior year he averaged almost 36 points per game and probably would have been Kentucky's Mr. Basketball had it not been for the fact that the same year he graduated, Darrell Griffith graduated from Mail High School in Louisville. And, of course, uh, Griff had a great career at Mail went on to be an All-American at the University of Louisville, then had a long career in the NBA. But had it not been for Griff being in the same year, Tim Stevens likely would have been Kentucky's Mr. Basketball. A great shooter, great perimeter shooter for McCreary County High. He's a legend down there, and he is the subject of my show today here on Kentucky Sports Memories. So let's begin my conversation with Tim Stevens, 1976 graduate of McCreary County High. Tim, when did you start playing basketball? Uh, as a as a real young kid, I had a. I guess the first team that I ever played on was when I was in the probably fourth grade. But I had a I had an older brother that was a really good basketball player, and uh, I kind of idolized him. And I I remember getting to go watch him play when I was young in high school. And I just, you know, I just, uh, I played all the time. Uh, but I actually, the first team that I recall ever being on was, was in elementary school. And I think I was a fourth grader. Did you fall in love with the game immediately? Or did you just want to be good at it because your brother was? No, I actually, to be honest with you, I just, I loved, I loved that, loved basketball. I really did. Um, I, of course, my brother probably had a big, I know he had a big influence on me as far as that goes, but, but 
I guess uh, you might say just as soon as I began to to get interested in it, I fell in love with it. I I would run out in the mornings before I always walked to elementary school, and uh, I remember the first goal that I got put up at in our yard. I'd go out in the mornings and fire up a bunch of shots before I even walked to school, and me just a little boy. Uh, I just I don't know. There's just something about watching that ball go through that net and that sound. That just, it just did something to me. I just I just enjoyed it so much. You like shooting and scoring, in other words. <laughs> I you know that's kind of odd that you say that. I I really. There wasn't any of it that I didn't like. I loved the com- the, the competing. I lo- I loved uh, rebounding. I loved to try to block shots. I just uh, I loved to try to steal it if I could. Uh, uh, there wasn't anything really about it, I, I guess, that I didn't that I didn't really love doing. I just loved the competition in basketball. It's, you know, it's nonstop. It's because I played baseball too and loved it also, but. But basketball was always my favorite. It just you know, you just got so much action in basketball. It sounds like you're telling me you uh, like playing defense, and if that's the case, you're the first well high scorer I've young, ever talked to who liked to play defense. <laughs> as a young kid, the the part I liked was I loved trying to block shots. Now, when you get right down to it. There's a whole lot more to basketball on the on the defensive end than blocking shots. But as a kid, that was the part I really loved doing. I wouldn't <laughs> say I love to get down and slide my feet and do all that other stuff that you have to do. <laughs> Did you realize at a very young age that you were going to be pretty good at this sport? I, I, I guess, yeah, in a way. I mean, I... I uh, at each level that I played, I you know I seemed to to uh, excel, and uh, and so I I really I never I got to the point that I never did walk out on a court and play that I didn't feel confident that I was gonna that I was gonna compete and, and compete at a high level, and uh, so I I guess to answer that without trying to sound Arrogant, I, I I did feel like I was going to be a good player after a while. I mean, when I first started, I you don't think about that kind of stuff. I think, uh, but when I was in high school and I began to get letters from colleges, uh, you know, I got to I got to thinking, well, shoot, far I I might get to go to college to do this, you know, and uh, oh, that kind of gave me a little bit of extra motivation as well. We'll talk about your high school career in just a moment, but I want to back up for just a second. You said you also played baseball growing up. Were you pretty good in baseball? I was pretty good at baseball, yeah. Yeah. I was a, I was a first baseman and a pitcher, and uh, and I I had uh, I had a lot of success playing baseball as well. Uh, however, I did not get to play. Uh, baseball during my senior year in high school, they, uh, there was a rule back then that uh, if you played in an all-star game, 
in one sport before the school year let out that you weren't eligible to play any other sport in high school. And uh, so I played in the Derby Classic All-Star game there in Louisville, uh, what I guess was in May probably. And, uh, and so I didn't even get to play baseball my senior year. I assume you were pretty much disappointed by that. It sounds like you loved baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love to play. I'd love to be able to play. So a little bit about the childhood of Tim Stevens as he starts to learn the game of basketball. Also fell in love with baseball at that time. He is one of the legendary shooters to come out of the mountains of eastern Kentucky, playing at McCreary County High School, graduating there in 1976. And again, his senior year, he averaged nearly 36 points per game. And that was back during a time when there was no three-point line. Didn't come into play until about a decade later, did the three-point line. So many of his shots came from long range, would have been three-pointers had that line existed. So what would he have averaged if the three-point line was around when he played high school ball? I talked to him about that, and I talked to him about his high school career. That's all coming up in just a moment, so stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. You're listening to Kentucky Sports Memories. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization. If I'm not given the opportunity, If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories, where my show today is looking at uh, Tim Stevens, legendary shooter for McCreary County High School basketball. He graduated there in 1976. One of the many great shooters to come out of the mountains of eastern Kentucky. You know, I've often heard it said a reason that eastern Kentucky has produced so many great shooters in basketball is because A lot of them growing up had their outdoor goal on the side of a mountain. So if the ball missed, it kicked off the rim and rolled to the bottom of the mountain. They had to walk all the way to the bottom and pick it up and then carry it back up the mountain. So they learned to be good shooters so the ball would go straight through the net and not bounce down the hill. (laughs) There might be a lot of truth to that. So anyway, 
Tim Stevens, coming out of the mountains of eastern Kentucky, McCreary County High School, led his team to the Sweet 16 in 1976. In our previous segment, we talked to him about his youth, growing up, falling in love with the game. Now let's pick it up as he begins his high school basketball career. At what point were you starting varsity? Did you start varsity as a freshman? I did. Uh, actually, uh, I, uh, toward the latter part of my eighth grade year, I, I actually, I actually played on the high school JV team as a eighth grader and started on it. And then the last probably half of the, of that season, uh, my coach began to have me dress with the varsity and, uh, the last two or three games, I had actually got in some games, uh, a couple or three games there late in the year uh, as an eighth grader. And then as a freshman, I did not start the very first game. Uh, and I'll never forget this. Uh, we were playing a team in, our, in that opener, and they were playing a zone. And I remember my coach called me up. To, to his seat and I remember he asked me if I was like 14 years old he asked me he said you think you can go in there and shoot over that zone and I said uh, yes sir and he put me in there and I think I hit seven in a row and from there on I, I started every game then from then on that's pretty interesting did he not know about your outside shot prior to that obviously he did because he called you up and put you oh, in the game but yeah sure he did but we uh i don't know we had a we had uh some uh returning players that uh had been starters previously and uh a couple of seniors uh that had been starters and uh you know, I, I can't get somebody's mind. I, they were good players. So uh, uh, I, I'm I'm assuming that, that he was planning to use me uh, a lot, whether I started or not. But then after that first game, then that, you know, that kind of sealed it. When you got called up to the varsity as an eighth grader, were you, and, and even got in some games, were you intimidated at all? Because obviously you're very young, or did you feel like, hey, I belong here. I'm good enough to play with these guys. No, to be honest with you, I was, I remember the first time he told me to, to uh, after the JV game, to uh, keep my uniform on and, and, warm up with the varsity. To be honest with you, it scared me to death. I didn't even know the varsity's plays because <laughs> they didn't run the same offensive stuff that we did. But uh, that very first game that I dressed, uh, that year our team wasn't really good. But the, my freshman year, we, we really got to be a pretty good team. But that particular year, we struggled a lot. And... Uh, so I, I remember uh, during that game we were were losing. It was late in the game, and I remember he uh, called me. It was like a timeout, I think, because he he told me to check in, and I did. 
And I remember my JV coach, he knew I didn't know the place that they were be running. And I remember he, he got a hold of me, put his arm on, he said, no, listen, he said, if you get open, he said, you shoot it. And uh, I'll never forget, I stepped over there in front of the, our bench in the corner, and uh, they threw me the ball down there in the corner, and I just turned around and let her rip, and it went in. And so after that, they started kind of letting me learn the place a little bit more. I got a little bit more involved with uh, with the varsity there from there on. Do you remember what your scoring average was each of your four years of high school? Yeah, I, I can tell you. Uh, as a as a freshman, uh, I can tell you about our team more than I can myself probably. We ended up 25 and 10. We had won like six games the year before, and we ended up 25 and 10 my, my freshman year. And I averaged 14 points and 11 rebounds. And we had we had probably at least two or three double-figure scores on that team. We had a good balanced team. And then my sophomore year, uh, I averaged uh, 18 points and 14 rebounds a game. And my junior year, I averaged 25 and 16. And in my senior year, I averaged a little over 35 and 18. You know, every scorer I've ever talked to, they can remember their scoring average. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, that was, it was broadcast a lot. It was published a lot, even for a small rural area oh yeah i remember reading about you in the louisville courier journal your entire senior year they kind of kept track of the entire year on your so i knew all about you and i didn't didn't live near where you lived so yeah you had a, a great deal of media coverage i'm curious obviously you had a lot of shots you had a great long range shot a lot of your baskets came from there let's say your senior year for example when you averaged more than 35 a game if the three-point line had existed then, because it didn't, it didn't come into about uh, 10 years later, if it had existed when you played, what do you think would have averaged your senior year, just based on where you took your shots from? Uh, I, You know, I've been asked that by several people through the years. Uh, it'd be hard to say exactly, obviously, but, but no doubt in my mind that uh, you could probably add it in a game to that, I would think, uh, because I, I did so much of my scoring from outside, and, uh, uh, you know, 30, 35 points a game, and, and uh, so you're talking probably uh, 15, if you're conservative on the number of times you go to the, to the free throw line, you're talking 15 field goals a game, and and some games uh, there might be five, some games there might be 10 or 12 from there. So uh, if if not 10 a game, I would think it'd be close to that, just to be quite honest. Do you ever sit around and think, man, I wish the three-point line had been in existence when I played? <laughs> yeah, I have, 
I have thought of that quite a bit. I'll never forget when they first instituted that, and it was 19 feet 9 inches. And I thought to myself, I cannot believe a college basketball player was getting credit for three points at 19 feet 9 inches. I just couldn't believe it. But it added a lot, so much to the game. It just took a little getting used to as a fan. Uh, yeah. And then as a former player, uh, thinking that that merited an extra point at that distance because that didn't seem like very far. And then obviously it's got pushed back, um, you know, every little bit. Yeah. Well, what about your senior year, your final game you play and your career is over? How much do you remember about that? I remember a lot about it. Yeah. We played the Duke of Tillman in the, in the, in Freedom Hall. Uh, it was a, it was competitive. They were really big. We were really a small team too. Uh, you know, I was six four, but I didn't weigh but about 175 pounds. Our center was like six two, and uh, he was uh, a junior, but had but didn't play the previous year, so he was inexperienced. And we had a starting forward that was like six foot, and we had two small guards that were. Like five five and five eight, so we had a really really small team, but we had a uh, a lot of grit, a lot of determination, and a lot of toughness, and a lot of fight. And we were a good defensive team, and they relied on me to do about all the scoring. So that's that's the way we excelled that year. We won thirty games that year, uh, and we played Paducah Tillman, who had a really big team, a huge front line, and. Uh, and that was that was a very difficult task for us. But not only was their front line big, their guards were pretty good size too, and that made it tough for our our smaller guards to be able to throw over and so on. We were close in that game till about three or four minutes to go in the in the third quarter. I think we were down forty four to forty or something like that. And then, as I've seen happen many times as a coach. Uh, size is as long as the game wears on. If there's a decided size advantage, a lot of times the smaller team just two or three putbacks here and there, and you're you're from you go from being competitive and in the game to to down double digits or twelve or fourteen points before you know it. And that's basically what happened with us during that game. And uh, we ended up losing, I think, by fifteen. Yeah, but uh, it was it was quite it was quite a quite a thrill for me in our county to to be there because you know we don't we don't get to go to the state tournament that often and uh, and uh, to go that was always my biggest goal as a high school player was to to lead or help our team to make it to the state tournament and uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to do that during my senior year. And I told kids at school, you know, that, that played ball, uh, that, you know, I was fortunate, blessed, even though I was running around on one leg at the time, to be on a national championship team at UK. But I feel just as proud of our high school team, believe it or not, of winning the region as a senior. I, you've got such, and, and I'm proud of the UK experience. It's just that 
it's a uh, high school basketball special in Kentucky. I've always felt that, and uh, I don't know if it's if it means as much now because I'm not I'm out of it. But I know in my day, and then as a coach, uh, so much school spirit centered around your basketball team and uh, and your community. Also, took such a liking to, and, and was such a a fan of the basketball teams, and so that was a that was an awesome thing in my career to to have got to play in the state tournament one time. So his storybook high school career comes to an end, and from there it's on to the University of Kentucky, his dream school, the place he had always wanted to play. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the recruiting process when we come back. So stay with me. I'm Gary Fogle. My guest is Tim Stevens, and this is Kentucky Sports Memories. that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. And you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large, active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment, and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family. I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories, where my guest today is Tim Stevens, who in 1976 helped lead McCreary County High School to the Boys Sweet 16, and it's the only time he got to play in the state tournament. That year, he averaged more than 35 points per game. After his senior year, after that great high school career, he signs with the University of Kentucky. It's interesting that in that class, that 1976 signing class, UK signed two prolific scorers, two prolific outside shooters. Jay Scheidler, who came from Lawrenceville, Illinois, he averaged right at 36 points a game his senior year of high school. And Tim Stevens from McCreary County High in southeastern Kentucky, who also averaged right at 36 points per game. So, Tim's college career at UK doesn't go like he planned. Major injury is a factor there. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the recruiting process. I continue my conversation with Tim Stevens. Who all recruited you? Who was looking at you? Who offered you uh, scholarships to come play college ball? Well, uh, okay, Tennessee, South Carolina, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Cincinnati, uh, I got, and I and to be honest with you, I I can name a lot of others that just called me and offered me scholarships. 
but then I got a lot of um, communication from calls as well as letters from from about every school you can think of, Notre Dame and Indiana. And Louisville offered me scholarship, and I, uh, uh, Duke, uh, gosh, I could go on. Uh, well, obviously you got recruited by just about everybody. Did you even consider anybody else, or was it always UK? And that was no doubt well, that's where you were going. Yeah, if uh, I approached it like this, and I knew in my heart – listen, I grew up listening to Kentucky. Uh, I had a little six-volt transistor radio. You know, there wasn't all this media access then. And I remember the we had two channels on TV when I was here, when I was a kid. And uh, they were both out of Knoxville. And uh, – I didn't. Uh, I didn't get to watch Kentucky. I never been to a Kentucky game, but I listened to Kaywood on that little transistor radio for years, and I even kept a scrapbook of their players when uh, I could get a Sunday paper. I'd cut them out and put them in a folder. As a as a kid in high school, I was doing that. And I had the idea that if I ever was offered a chance to play for Kentucky, that's where I was going to go. That was my dream. That's what I wanted to do. And and whenever I've, I've told many college coaches that would come see me, uh, the South Carolina, Auburn, different ones that would, tell, that would come recruit me and introduce themselves to me, and I would tell them, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that, and and but I'm going to tell you up right now. If if I get offered a scholarship to Kentucky, that's where I'm going to go. And they would continue to recruit me. All of them would say, "Well, we understand if and if that falls through, we want you to know we've got a we've got a spot for you." And so I had all those places to fall back on. And uh, but the day that coach. Joe Hall and Dick Parsons came to my house and offered me a scholarship, and I accepted that right there on the spot. And uh, so there wasn't any doubt in my mind if I got the chance where I was going to go. And I had I not went there, if that had not come to fruition, I would have likely went to South Carolina, most likely. Why? Well, the assistant coach, I, I... Really got uh, close to him. His name was Greg Blatt, and uh, he had actually told me he, he came to my house once and had a had a plane ticket for me. And he said, Coach McGuire, uh, Frank McGuire was the coach there still then. And uh, he said he actually told me he said we uh, we're recruiting a. a, a kid that's your size and he's a guard and he's out of New York and he said we're recruiting him but he said Coach McGuire's told me to tell you that if if you'll commit to us that we will not sign that boy you're the one we want 
and I just couldn't do it. I said, Coach Blatt, I, I appreciate it, but I just I just can't do that right now. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to wait a little longer and see if Kentucky offers. Um, but but they really they really wanted me, and and I liked that coach so well. And another reason that he kind of meant a lot to me, he was at my house one time, and uh, my mom had fixed supper, and he was eating supper with us. And my mom was having some problems with her health. She was getting, she would get choked a lot of times. She had something wrong in her throat, and uh, she had had some spells where that would happen. And it happened that night, and that assistant coach knew a doctor friend in of all places Lexington and he called that doctor from there and got my mom in with him and we took her up there and they put her in the hospital and done surgery on her and it may have you know she never had any more issues of choking anymore so I, I always feel a little bit beholden to that man for what he hmm. for you know for my mother. Yeah. So you go to UK and you injure your knee, correct? Your freshman year. Yes, uh, yep. blew my knee out about. Uh, I think I think we had played like twelve games or so when I blew my knee out in practice. Yeah. And did it ever get right? Never, I never did feel like I was ever truly the same. Now, in those days, you know, their arthroscopic surgery was only uh, an experimental procedure at that time. They went in with a scope to assess the damage and whatever damage there was. Uh, constituted whatever they had to do, and so then I had to have the old surgery, and uh, which was I major surgery. My, yeah, I had messed up my ACL, and uh, I hadn't torn it in two. But my surgeon told me I'd been better off if I had. He said because we could we could repair a, a completely torn ACL, but we can't compare one that stretched like yours. And nowadays they can do that. They will. Things have changed drastically, obviously. But in those days, they just did not do that. So I, I never really had any stability in that knee, and I had a lot of pain, a lot of swelling in it all the time. Um, but now there was a point that during the summer and then going into my junior year at UK that I did have a lot of improvement in it. And, and I never, I'll be honest with you, I never, ever played another game or practiced or done anything without a lot of pain in that knee. But I learned how to, to compensate. And I learned just to grimace through it and go on. And, but I, but, and I, could, I got back to where I could compete again pretty well. Pretty, still, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't jump as, as hardly as well as I did before uh, the surgery. Uh, I wasn't hardly as quick, but I but I could compete, and uh, and and so I, I I did the best I could with with it. A lot of times I felt like I was dragging that leg all over up but but you know uh, my sophomore year we were 
we I knew we were going to win it. I felt in my heart we were going to win it all, and I I still wanted to. Coach Hall did ask me once if I would consider redshirting and give my knee another year to uh, to uh, heal, and uh, that was the only time it was ever mentioned to me by him. And I and I remember telling him, I said, Coach, I don't want to do that. I said, I want to I want to be on the national championship team. So. Uh, that was the 78 team that won it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So, obviously, you reckon your knee affects your playing ability and you had limited minutes at UK during your career. How much differently do you think your career would have gone there had you not gotten injured? I think I could have contributed. I think I could have started out playing 12, 15 minutes a game until I ended up transferring. But uh, I really feel like, and, and I guess it's part of the competitor in me, uh, I feel like I could have, could have played there and, and been successful. I really do in my heart. I do. Uh, but it just made it a whole lot tougher on one, in a, one leg, just to tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, I'm not making excuses. That's I always said you you play the hand you're dealt and you do the best you can with it and I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not whining or anything like that. I'm just you asked me the question so I feel like I feel like I could have have been a contributor a significant contributor had had that not happened to me I really do. I often think about the fact that with Tim Stevens' great outside shooting ability, had he not gotten injured and if they had had the three-point line in play back then, how much different his college career would have been, how significant he would have been as far as the U.K. offense is concerned. But that didn't happen. And so things don't go as planned in his U.K. career. And for his final season, he transfers. We'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization. If I'm not given the opportunity, if you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember that it worked. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. Thank you for being with me. And my guest today is Tim Stevens, sharpshooter out of McCreary County High School in the southeastern part of Kentucky. 
averaged nearly 36 points per game his senior year, graduated in 1976, and signed with his dream school, the University of Kentucky. But his freshman year, a major knee injury really sidelines his career, and he doesn't fully recover or even feel like he's come close to fully recovering or getting back to normal till his junior year. But going into his senior year, he transfers, transfers to Cumberland College, and we talk about that. Why did you transfer? Well, that that's... Uh... Uh, I never, you know, as I said, the first part of my junior year, I was getting some significant minutes at Kentucky. And uh, I, I remember the, the first game that year I played, uh, I believe it was 14 minutes and had 13 points. And the next game I had, it was just turned around. I played 13 minutes and had 14 points. And for the next four or five games, I I would get six or eight to 12 or 14 minutes. And and uh, I was contributing. And then uh, there just something happened that had been building with for quite a while that I really – you know, obviously, with all due respect, don't really want to go into. I'll never forget the the last game that I dressed for was the Notre Dame game in Louisville, and uh, I didn't I didn't get in the game, and uh, some things that had occurred throughout my career up to that point that had gone against me. Uh, were culminated that night, <clears throat> and uh, I just decided that I felt like I I proved I proved myself to a point that that I could can help this team. And then that particular night, I didn't get off the bench, and I just I had had enough, just to be honest with you, and uh, I went. I went and talked to Coach Parsons the next day in Lexington and uh, told him I was through. I, I, I don't know. You get <clears throat> you get knocked down so many times that you keep wanting to get up and, and uh, overcome. And then there comes a point that you think, you know, it's uh, it's just not worth it anymore. So, I mean, I got to that point, to be quite honest with you. And and look, and and when I left, I really had no intention of even finishing college. I'll be honest with you. When I when I left, my intention was to come home and get a job in the coal mines, just like all my friends had that I went to school with. But then, luckily, you know, my my dad and my brother talked me out of that, and uh, and I ended up going over to Cumberland and, and rolling over there. Looking back on leaving UK, leaving the team after that Notre Dame game, have you ever thought about it and said, "Man, maybe I should have stuck it out," or are you still to this day comfortable with that decision? Oh, I'm. 
I'm you have those thoughts once in a while that'll pop in. Maybe you know, what if I had a stay? Maybe the next game I'd have played 25 minutes, and you know, those those thoughts naturally come into your mind. But I had uh, uh, two things keep keep me from from dwelling on what is. One was what I just described about the lead up to that decision that I made that night. That's that's stuff that it's hard to forget. But the second thing and the most important thing is at Cumberland, I met my wife to be, and and I've got two wonderful kids and six wonderful grandkids that had had my life not turned like it did that I would not have today. And I'm so thankful to the good Lord above for my life and the way it is and the family I've got that playing basketball at UK is no more than an afterthought in comparison. So so I try to keep myself focused on on what I've got to be thankful for and not live my life thinking what is. If that makes a bit of sense to you, I, I don't know, but that's the that's the best. I don't have a great vocabulary, I don't guess, but that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, I'm, I'm totally at peace with my decision to leave UK. I have no regrets whatsoever. You heard Tim mention he met his future wife at Cumberland College. Her name is Sherry. She was also a basketball player, played on the women's basketball team there. Interestingly, Tim, a great offensive player, her specialty was defense. I talked with Sherry, and she said it was on the basketball court that their romance began to blossom. He taught me how to shoot. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I could shoot, but not with good form, for sure. And, uh, yeah, he worked with me quite a bit, and... Made a big difference. So, Tim, did you teach her how to shoot because you really cared or you just wanted to ask her out? <laughs> he asked me one day, or she'd already caught my eye, but she asked me one day uh, in the gym, I guess we may have just finished practice and they were coming in or something. She asked me one day as we were walking by each other, when was I going to teach her how to shoot? And uh, so I, I made time when her practice was over and sometimes then later before her practice to show her some things on her form and her confidence. Next thing you know, we were dating. So she made the first move. Well, she, she, I don't know that it had anything to do with wanting to date me. I thought she was serious about wanting me to teach her to shoot. (laughs) (laughs) What what she telling you? He said, "Believe me, I had my eye on you too." <laughs> so she really wasn't that interested in learning to shoot. She just wanted to go out. Well, I don't know. We benefited both ways, I guess. <laughs> Tim and Sherry Stevens still going strong after they started dating while in college in the late seventies at Cumberland College. After Tim transferred from the University of Kentucky. After he wrapped up his college career, he moved back home to McCreary County, 
where he and his wife both got into uh, teaching and administration and the educational system there. Uh, Tim was a basketball coach as well as a softball coach. He and Sherry together coached softball there. He has retired and spends a lot of his time now playing with his grandkids and hunting. And as a matter of fact, he introduced Sherry to deer hunting. She said she had done some small game hunting with her dad while growing up, but never done any deer hunting. Tim introduced her to that. And this year, Tim got a deer with a bow. But uh, last I talked with him, Sherry had not gotten a deer. She went with a gun and Tim went with her, but uh, she had not gotten a deer this year. But Tim got one with a bow. He was pretty excited about that. So they are doing well living down in McCreary County. That'll do it for the show this week. My thanks to Tim and Sherry Stevens for their um, time and contributions. My thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week with a brand new show. Until that time, I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories. We hear from a lot of owners that are stressed because their pet isn't behaving the way they expect it to. Usually this is just a training problem, but sometimes the pet isn't a good match for the owner. It's important to be honest about your expectations and to educate yourself about your pet's needs before you take them home. If you have a rigid schedule, a dog might be a good fit since they usually thrive in a structured environment. But if your schedule is always changing, a cat would probably be a better choice since they're a bit more self-sufficient. And you should learn about your individual breeds and their behaviors. A large, active dog usually is not a good choice for an apartment, and pets that shed probably aren't good for people that like their homes to be spotless. Remember, the more effort you put into choosing your pet, the less effort you'll have to put into keeping them as a valuable member of your family.